Crazy, and so is the husband. Oh, I feel like that's going to be a... Mm. Anyway. Yeah. You're recording, anyway. so I'm not going to talk now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she sneaks those recordings in on me. Yeah. So that I don't know we're recording. Well, we can just chit-chat all day, so I had to just push record so we can actually get started because mm-hmm. we'll just be... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. We yeah. do that all day anyway. I'm we hungry. Do. Yeah, we need to do this. Um, should I order a pizza? Oh my gosh. I don't think I know anyone who likes pizza as much as you do. I love pizza. You order a lot of pizza. I do. I love pizza. You love pizza. The jury's out on that salad pizza though. Fuck you. Salad pizza is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I just, have you ever had like spaghetti pizza or ziti pizza or any of that? Mm -mm. (laughs) I really, 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 really have to be in the mood for pizza. I'll tell you why. It's not that pizza isn't good. It just makes me feel too heavy. So no, it's not. I could eat pizza really like all day. Expi- no, no, it's I not have eaten it all day. I've had a slice oh, for no. breakfast, a slice for lunch, and like two for oh. dinner. I feel, I feel so heavy after eating pizza. That's why I don't enjoy it. That's why I don't do it much. I don't know. I think it's because like every Friday night as a kid, we had pizza. Like because my parents didn't want to feed us, so like, or, or maybe it was Saturday <laughs> night. I don't know, but like. Now, it was probably Saturday night because they would pick us up from the babysitter on Fridays. Um, but yeah. anyway, like once a week, we'd have pizza night and like they would, we would get pizza and soda. It was like the one day a week we got soda and like. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So like pizza's like a whole thing. My mom still, we still go to the pizzeria. Like every time I go see my mom, we go down the street to the pizzeria and we get garlic knots and pizza. Just Bread and that pizzeria makes fantastic pizza. And the best garlic knots, like nowhere makes garlic knots like the pizzeria in West Nyack, New York. Best guy, best garlic knots. I do not like how I feel after I eat pizza. That's why I can't get into it. That's why it's not a thing I look forward to. It's, it's just, it's not. I feel so incredibly huge and stuffed after. No, I love it. Well, I'm glad you love it. <laughs> I'm glad you love it. I don't ever didn't get I, tired didn't of I it. Send you, didn't I have a piece of delivered to your house? Once? You did. You did. My <laughs> girlfriends did. There was one day where Domino's came to my house like four times because y'all keep sending me t- chicken taco pizzas from Domino's. And like, there's different levels of pizza. There's like Domino's or like Metro Pizza if it still exists in Lancaster, PA, which is really just like a pizza-like substance, which is like like they have all the basics, but it's not pizza. It's just like bread, cheese, sauce. Oh, but it's not okay. really pizza. Like it's it's pizza components but it's, it's not it's not pizza it, but it's, it's like a bread like pizza substance that's good um okay. and then there's like pizza pizza like real pizzeria pizza like 
thing crust yeah. New York pizza. Don't give me your deep dish shit. Like if there's anyone from Chicago, go fuck yourselves. I don't like that pizza. Um, <laughs> I want like a nice, just barely crisp bottom of, of like a thin crust New York slice. That's what I want oh, all the time. So funny. When it's like three o'clock in the morning and you're drunk and it's cold and you stop at like a pizza joint. When I, this is going back to my city days. And you would stop at the pizza joint on the way home and just like hold the grease and just eat. Oh, you're like that's it. You get like a dollar. It's probably like a three dollar slice now because of like inflation. But you get like a dollar, two dollar slice. Oh my gosh, I can't with you. I, I love pizza. how much you love pizza. I, I really pizza. do. I really do. I love how much you love pizza. We're we're starting up with a bang, boy. I tell you. But anyway, what 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 are you reading, or what have you recently finished, my dear? You know, a few weeks ago, I I finished reading this um, advanced copy of a book called "The Other Side of Night" by Adam Hamdy. Thank you, Atria Books, for this copy. I really, really enjoy The Other Side of Night. I was reading this book, and when I stopped reading it, like the next day, I'd be like, oh, I wonder if this is what's going to happen, or oh, I wonder if David is doing that. I I was like actively thinking about this book when I wasn't reading it. So let me read you a little bit of the inside. The Other Side of Night begins with a man named David Asha writing about his biggest regret, his sudden separation from his son, Elliot. In his grief, David tells a story. Next, we step into the life of Harriet Kelty, a police officer trying to clear her name after a lapse of judgment. She discovers a curious inscription in a secondhand book, a plea. Help, he's trying to kill me. Who wrote this note? Who is he? This note leads Harry to David Asher, who was last seen stepping off a cliff. Police suspect he couldn't cope after his wife's sudden death. Still, why would this man jump and leave behind his young son? Quickly, Harry zeroes in on a person she knows all too well. Ben Els- El- Elmy. El- Elmsy. Once the love of her life, a surrogate father to Elliot Asher, and trusted friend to the Ashes. Ben may also be the murderer. I... I'm so into this book. I want everyone to read it, but I'm going to say this. While I very much so enjoyed the couple of twists this book took, because I was like, what? Get out of here. Are you serious? I was so into it, but I think some people will not be into it. That's mm. what I'm going to say. You know what I mean? Well, now it's you made me hesitate because you know well, I, that I just like, be me on- and thrillers just, are hard. I just want to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that this one particular twist may not work for everyone, but I thought this was an incredible book. It was so fun. It was so engaging. I mean, I was trying to figure things out. And let me tell you something. I thought I had things figured out. And when I tell you I was completely wrong on everything, I was wrong on everything. And it was so delightful to be wrong. Okay. Okay, Miss Marple. That's all I'm going to say. I loved it. The Other Side of Night by Adam Hamdy. And this comes out September 27th. Thanks again, Atria. Loved it. I think if I can find the audiobook like on script or somewhere, I'll listen to it. and I'll tell you how I feel. But, but you already got it. your copy of this, right? Because I had them send you one. Didn't you get it already? Mm, I don't think they there were. There were two books that I added you as like, yes, send my friend a copy. 
So you should you should have one of these. And by uh, the way, Atria, I love how you all do that from time to time where you send us an email and say, hey, if you know of a friend who would also like a copy, let us know. I really like how they did that. I legitimately... I legitimately don't remember ever receiving that book. I feel like you got it already. Okay, look after. I'll remind you. Yeah, remind me... Because it's not jumping out from the mystery pile down here. So yeah. I don't see it there. And I, I have a feeling they didn't send it to me. I got something else that you had Atria sent to me, but I didn't get that. That was Mother Country, I right? Only, yeah, I only remember like one book coming. But maybe I, I missed. I could have sworn. We'll have to dig into that. Okay. Okay. Maybe <laughs> I forgot. Maybe I, maybe I, this filed it somewhere. Maybe I thought it was fantasy. I don't know. Anyway. You may have uh, thought it was fantasy. I may have. I can check the fantasy to be shelved file okay. files. Okay. Um, so I have, and I finished this recently in a like my little twenty four hour readathon that I did by myself. Um, <laughs> I just like to do that sometimes, and that's the Passenger by Al- Ulrich Alexander Boschwitz. And I, I think I just really wanted to read this because you wanted to read it, and I really liked the cover. Uh, <laughs> and the then amazing. A cover is awesome. Pushkin. Um, this is Metro, Metro, Metro. This isn't Pushkin. This is Metropolitan. Um, but I think it's also out from Pushkin. It's under Pushkin too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, I, so I didn't realize what this was obviously because I was really only going based on like Naomi being like, you have to read this book and um, the cover. But yeah. First, the author him. So this is that it just before everything really just powder kegs and kicks off in Germany, um, uh, in and World War Two. So you have the Kulterkampf. Is, is it the Kulterkampf? What's it called? Where they when they first started to go out and and um, ransack all the the Jewish stores and everything. Um, oh, crystal Crystal knocked. That's what it was. Um, so you're just after Kristallnacht, and then uh, the the Germans are starting to round up all the Jews in Germany. Um, their, their, their concentration camps exist, but they're still sort of shadowy places. Um, things are just on the precipice of, of, of really kicking off. And it's sort of like this book is set like just at that moment when it's too late to escape. Um, mm. And our main character has is a is a wealthy businessman, a Jewish businessman. He's married to a uh, a non Jewish woman, an Aryan uh, woman, and of some standing. And mm-hmm. he's had a very lucrative career that he was focused on maintaining, and he did not heed all these warnings that were given to him and many other, many people like him didn't heed these warnings and they were like, it's just not going to ever happen. Like that's not going to happen. That can't possibly happen. Um, And he turned down opportunities prior to this to get out of Germany. His son is out of Germany and his son is desperately trying to arrange ways to get them out of Germany and into France. And, uh, but meanwhile, like, you know, like the wife is fine at this time because, which it's, I found that part interesting because I know that women who 
slept with or and or are married to Jewish men mm-hmm. were shamed by, you know, as in the later parts were shamed um, quite heavily. And I don't know if they were also like sent to camps or were, you know, to that level treated. Mm. Um, but I know that there was a lot of um, backlash uh, for, right. to them. So, but, you know, in general, at this moment in this book, the, the wife is fine. Essentially, she can always retreat back into her Aryan family and be fine. Like they are upstanding German people. Like they are not the Jews, you know? Right. Um, but the, the husband doesn't have that, but the thing that he does have, and this is why I think this is actually interesting for passing as well, is that he doesn't appear to be Jewish based on all the rules and signs that the Nazi party is using to make you Jewish. So he can kind of pass as being a Gentile. And so he sort of, he's trying to, the whole story is him trying to get out of France, but basically what ends up happening is he just kind of is riding the train system mm-hmm. and going here and there and everywhere in this attempt to somehow get out of, of Germany and into France. And it's just this spiraling down of this poor man from this very together, wealthy, established businessman to just this almost lunatic by the end Mm. and it's so brilliantly written it's so good um and what i didn't know is that the author himself he died at like 27 or something like that he was in a boat that got like bombed or something like that but he left he's jewish and he left he left um germany like at about this time and he went to i think like the uk and then some other places and he wrote this and I think he wrote something else. Um, and I think this is the, when this was published, was the first time it was ever published in, or at some point, it was it was like in the 2000s when this was published for the first time in German. Um, okay. In its original German. But he died and he had sent these pages on to like his family and was like, please, you know, whatever, I wrote this book. And the family ended up publishing it after his death. So he, I don't think he ever even wow. saw this publication because he died. Like, I think he was like on like a, a boat, like a transatlantic crossing and got hit by like a U-boat or something like that. That's so, crazy. Yeah. So he, like the author's story itself is really crazy. And he died so young. Yeah. He was 27 when he died. So like the little introduction is really interesting. The book's really interesting. Obviously I loved it. It's flagged to yeah. heavens. And it's just, it really captures so well this like internal panic because you can't even talk about things right because like if you're passing as the thing that's being hunted as the uh, if you're being hunted and you're passing as the thing that's not being hunted as the Mm -hmm. hunter like you can't even talk about anything that like internal struggle and we talked about this when we talked about passing we you know this is all those same anytime you're hiding who you are and you're just waiting for the other side to like yeah notice yes that that house of cards like Ah, it's brilliant. You is this it. is this a book that we need to discuss on the show in depth? I think it is, and you need to read it. Okay, I it just is. found a really good copy on Abe, so I think I'll Get order it. it this week. Because I mean, it really is like this trip, and you know what? And n- not in the um, for some reason, it gave me Master and Margarita vibes, and not in the surrealist thing, but something mm-hmm. about I think maybe the 
the the propulsiveness of the story maybe mm. like it's sort of like you never really get out of like it's so he's just going around and around and around and i feel like in master margarita like you kind of have that say like everyone's just kind of going around and around yes. and around in this weird like hellscape of surrealist whatever right. fuckery and like it, you, i kind of got that same feeling because you get like like that's almost like you're dizzy reading it like you're yes. just like just like and you want him to you know nothing really good is going to happen to this guy but you so want it to but you're also mm. with the retrospect of hindsight or like the the intelligence of hindsight being like you dumb idiot just get the fuck out Damn. Okay. Yeah. See, it's really good. I knew. I just some books you just know are going to be good. Now, as you know, every time I go to McKay, the thrift stores, I never run across this book. So now I'm going to order it online. I wonder how many people have actually read it in like the general populace. I think that it's That's probably true. been read by a lot of people, but not by. I think it's going to be by like people who read a lot of literary fiction and a lot yeah. of translated works. And like, that's really where they live is in that mm-hmm. space. And anybody who reads maybe more commercially for lack of a better term, I don't right. think you're going to get as many people, but I think more people should read it. I think it'd be an interesting book to read in college. Sounds and- like it. Sounds like it. Well, I've just found the copy for like a little over seven bucks. That's so I just, I just I paid threw full that price in for the mine, cart. So. Mm-hmm. I threw mine in the cart. So Awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's fantastic. It really is. Excited. Okay. I'm distracted now by eight books. Let me move on. I've got I've got my list out for today's conversation. Yeah, he's which I'm so very young. excited I mean, about. Like, this is his author photo. Like, look, can you even see it? Wow. Look at how young he is. Yeah. So, so young. young. So young. Now, I think, if I'm not mistaken, either that book was just nominated for something earlier this year or last year or won something, but I can't remember what exactly. I mean, it should win a lot of things. Um, yeah, he was, a, so he was at some point, after moving to England in 39, he was interned as an enemy alien once war broke out because he's German, despite his Jewish background and subsequently deported to Australia in 1942. He was allowed to return to England, but his ship was torpedoed by a German submarine and he was killed along with 361 fellow passengers. He was 27 wow. years old. Like, and, and like he, the things he could have written, he would have right? written this, like it's so brilliantly written. He would I'm excited. Brilliant. I'm very excited. I'm even more excited to read it now. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I tell you there, there are just so many good books to read. It's like, Oh, it's never ending. It's never ending. And yeah, that's what's so exciting about being a reader. Yeah, and I think like if you like historical fiction, and since so much historical fiction is focused on World War II, I think this mm-hmm. is a really interesting book to read to add into your like yeah. consumption because mm-hmm. it's just so much more like first hand because he yeah. clearly experienced a lot of this um right maybe he didn't have this slow descent to madness but um yeah i'm here for it's it it's good it's good i'm here for it okay right. so what are we talking about today well today we're going to be sharing some of the fall front list releases we're kind of looking forward to and hope to read yeah. I gotta say, like so far, I, I I feel like this year in particular for me, 
like I'm so up on actually reading the arcs that I am getting. And like, there has just been some really, really good stuff coming out this year. So I'm really excited uh, for fall. I think that I'm doing a, a better job at reading, maybe not prior to publication, but reading my arcs in the year that they kind of come out, but I still have mm-hmm. so many. I'm never going to do that completely, but um, I'm, I'm you're, you've really done a fantastic job of, of, of getting to better, better at that. And I, and I, I still need a lot of help, Listen, but uh, there's so much backlist that it's so hard for me. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm just happy yeah. to get arcs and we can talk about this in another episode, but I'm just so happy to get arcs so that they're on my shelves and in, in my like space and on my radar mm-hmm. that I can get, like I can talk about them and read them yes. when I get to them. And yes. I mean, a book sale is a book sale, whether it happens in the first week or it happens like in the 10th week. It's, I mean, I'm sure it makes some difference somewhere, but like still pays the author. So absolutely, if me reading it, liking it and reviewing it gets somebody to read it three months after it came out. That's still right. Or get somebody to get it from the library or request that their, their library buy it. Like all of that matters. Mm-hmm. All of that mm-hmm. counts. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm not your early reviewer. <laughs> that is not where I excel. <sighs> so. I, I'm much more on my game this year. Last year, I, I just felt like I was drowning. And that's mm-hmm. why this year, I've been so intentional on trying to read them before they come out or at least in that same month. And it's just been a good time. It's been a good time. You're reminding me because some of my things on this list, I have us arcs, so I'm going to grab them. (laughs) Okay. Well, do you want me to start? Yes, please. Okay. The first one on my list uh, is on, it may be on your list, but you already have it. It's Mother Thing by Ainsley Hogarth. And this is coming out. Thank you. Um, October 6th from Atlantic Books. Um, I hope I still get a copy. I feel like I should have got one already, but I don't know. Um, I feel like I submitted the form like months ago. Uh, But let me read a little bit of the synopsis. So it says, Abby Lamb has done it. She's found the great good in her husband, Ralph, and together they will start a family and put all the darkness in our childhood to rest. But then the Lambs move in with Ralph's mother, Laura, whose depression has made it impossible for her to live on her own. She's venomous and cruel, especially to Abby, who has a complicated understanding of motherhood, given the way her own now estranged mother raised her. When Laura takes her own life, her ghost starts to haunt Abby and Ralph in very different ways. I'm going to stop there. That's enough. I'm very excited to read this book. I think that if the arc doesn't show up, this may be one that I actually buy, like, that I'll just buy. Yeah. And the, and the cover is like great. If you had, if you grew up with people who had like old Betty Crocker books with oh, yes. Aspic on uh, in every, like this is, this is what every picture and every cookbook yep. I saw like growing up looked like and, and no glossy photos here, folks. Um, exactly. <laughs> so I did mine in kind of chronological order to give my life some, some semblance of organization. Um, so my first one is actually Ithaca by Clara North. It's coming up from Orbit um, on September 6th. And it's a sort of ancient Greek retelling fantasy thing. And uh, quickly, I'll just give a little synopsis. It's a daring reimagining that breathes life into ancient myth and gives voice to the women who stand defiant in a world ru- ruled by ruthless men. It's time for the women of Ithaca to tell their tale. And it just mm. sounded like 
like a good like feminist fantasy that I needed to read. And the cover's kind of banging because it's, you know, mm. fantasy in its orbit. So the cover's slaps. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's orbit. It's going to be. So that that is, a, so I randomly get some orbit books, but I'm not like really on the orbit PR list. And like, I, I need to like, I need to like get in with orbit like I'm in with tour. Like I really. That would make your day. That mm-hmm. would, that would just, that would just complete me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, when I look at my fantasy sci-fi shelves, I, I'm trying to see who I read more from orbit or tour. I think I, it may be orbit, but I really need to like look and do a count. But right now, just by glancing at it, I think I read more. I think from orbit i think it's hard for me to answer that because like i get so many books from tour and all the tour like sort of little subsidiaries that like it's hard for me to know i feel like tour wins only because tour is 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 like actively participating in my consumption of their books. Well, <laughs> like, th- well, yes, yes, that's true. But yeah, and I'm looking at simply what I what I have purchased on mm-hmm. my own, and it looks like I purchase a lot of Orbit books. You know, the yeah. freaking Expanse series. Um, um, I almost bought book eight the other day, but I'm I'm going to get through Women in Translation, and I'm going to pick back up with book eight. I'm just still mad because I don't have the other two. I won't have the other two in paperback, and it's really going to irritate me to have oh, them yeah. in hardback. You know, I've got the last one in hardcover. But anyway, so I'm going to go and count, but I, I think I have more Orbit than Tour. And if anybody knows if Orbit paperbacks in the UK are the same as Orbit paperbacks in the US, I might be able to get them in paperback from Book Depository because sometimes, mm. most of the time I feel like, and I don't know why the US doesn't do this, but like I feel like elsewhere they do both formats depending on what you want to buy. Like, oh, interesting. Instead of waiting like a year or two for you to like get the paperback of a book. Right. The US seems to like to roll them out separately. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. Know why. I know. Like, I'm going to end up having two copies of book nine because I pre ordered book nine, the final book in the Expanse series, which is hardcover. Um, and the rest of mine are the one through eight are, are paperback. But, like, I had to have it because I'm going to read it before the paperback comes out. I texted Jesus and said, It's going to shock you, but I ordered pizza and all they did was send me a laughing emoji. See, there it is. Okay. All right. Oh, is it my turn or is it your turn? I just got It is your turn. It is your turn. Okay. All right. All right. All right. My next book on the list is called Suburban Hail by Maureen Kilmer. And this is out August 30th by Putnam. And it, it sounds kind of like fun to me. So it says a Chicago cul-de-sac is about to get a new neighbor of the demonic kind. Amy Foster Ooh. considers herself lucky. After she left the city and moved to the suburbs, she found her place quickly with neighbors, Liz, Jess, and Melissa, snarking together from the outskirts of the PTA crowd. One night during their monthly wine get-together, the crew concoct a plan for a clubhouse she shed in Liz's backyard, a space just for them, no spouses or kids allowed. But the night after they christened the she shed, things start to feel off. Yes, it just sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm here for that. Don't we though? I know. Um, that does sound really good. And what was it called, Dan? Suburban Hell. Oh, isn't the title great? It is good. <laughs> um, 
All right. So my next one is the next book out from Ling Ma, who wrote Severance, which yes. I can't believe we're already getting a book. Um, and that is List Montage Stories. This is a crash through our carefully built mirages. What happens when fantasy tears the screen of the everyday to wake us up? Could that waking be our end? Uh, Ma brings us eight wildly different tales of different uh, of people making their way through the madness of reality and reality of our collective delusions, love and loneliness, connection and possession, friendship, motherhood, the ideal home. A woman lives in a house with all of her ex-boyfriends. A toxic friendship grows up around a drug that makes you invisible. An ancient ritual might heal you of anything if you bury yourself alive. These and other scenarios investigate the ways that are, that the outlandish and the ordinary are shockingly, deceptively, heartbreakingly alike. And yes, uh, yes, I'm here for that. So yes, people, if you have not read our other book, Severance, you do it. Need to read it. It now. is so good. She, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I got. It. I have to get that one for sure. I've been hearing I, like little I, rumblings about it. People are digging it. I just had to like. I just happened. I didn't know she was coming out with a new book so soon. So like, or like, when did Severance come out? It feels like it didn't come into like a my few sphere. years ago. Oh, it's that old. It's not new. I feel like I didn't hear anything about it until like this year. I heard something Maybe it's about because it, but I never looked into it. Pandemic-y, so like people are talking Maybe about so. it more and more and more as we continue to live in this world that we live in the way it is right now. But anyway, so I'm excited that I saw it and yeah. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. September thirteenth. September thirteenth. That is around the corner. All mm-hmm. right, my next one is Our Share of Night by Mariana Enriquez, translated by Megan McDowell. And this is out from Granta Books on October 13th. And it says, his father could find what was lost. His father knew when someone was going to die. His father had talked to him about the dead who rode in on the wind. The dead travel fast. Gaspar is six years old when the order first come for him. For years, they have exploited his father's ability to commune with the dead and the demonic presiding over macabre rituals where the unwanted and the disappeared are tortured and executed, sacrificed to the darkness. Now they want a successor. I am Ooh. here for it. And also, this is a super chunky book. 736 pages Ooh. of evil stuff. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I can't wait. I'm excited. Yes. That sounds And fantastic. the cover is like, the cover is like, I don't know. It's like scary, but, but somewhat in like a comic style way. I love it. It's very creative. All right. That sounds fantastic. I wonder if my pizza's here, by the way. Um, and I... <laughs> The pizza episode. Um, So the next one actually is from Angry Robot, who wrote The Maleficent 7 and the other one we read, The Cabinet. And Mm -hmm. they reached out to me about this this title that's coming out September 13th. And the publicist started the email with, this one comes with serious content warnings. So I was like, "I, you had me at that. Um, Right. So it's called Full Immersion by Gemma Amore. And a traumatized woman with amnesia finds her own dead body and sets out to uncover the truth of her demise in a race against time, sanity, crumbling realities, and the ever-present threat of whatever the heck the silhouette is. Yes. Yes. Bring it. It's me. I'm, so I'm excited and I'm super excited that Thank you, Robot even reached out to me. Um, they reached out to me about another book, but... Um, that's coming out in August, I think. I feel like they are a publisher that eventually I'll read everything they've ever published. 
yeah, it's there's a lot of fantasy in there, but it's like weird. A lot of it's like weird it's, literary mm-hmm. fantasy. It's different. It's a different yeah. vibe than just like very a tor- different. Tor- a Torbit, a Torbit, a Tor and right, Orbit. Right, exactly. I'm kind of um, like I think Tor them. and Orbit hit those things, especially like Tor.com, um, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, this is like their whole robot catalog specialty. is like that. Yeah. So exactly. Like, like yeah. they this is their niche. All right. My next one is one that I just came across last week, and I'm so excited to get to read it. It's Trespasses by Louise Kennedy. Now it's out now in the UK, and I'm so pressed to read it. I think I'm gonna order it from Blackwells. Although I like the US cover better. So Ooh, that, and like, the US, so rarely happens. It's so rare, right? In the U.S., it comes out from Riverhead on November 8th. But, like, I'm, I don't know if I can wait that long. I really want to read this. So, it says, Set in Northern Ireland during the Troubles, a shattering novel about a young woman caught between allegiance to community and a dangerous passion. Amid daily reports of violence, Kushta lives a quiet life with her mother in a small town near Belfast. By day, she teaches at a parochial school. At night, she fills in her fills in at her family's pub. There she meets Michael Agnew, a barrister who's made a name for himself defending IRA members. Against her better judgment, mm-hmm. Michael is not only Protestant, but older and married. Kushta lets herself get drawn in by him in a sophisticated world and an affair ignites. Then the father of a student is savagely beaten, setting in motion a chain reaction that will threaten everything and everyone Kushta most wants to protect. As tender as it is unflinching, Trespasses trespasses is a heart-pounding, heart-rendering drama of thwarted love and and reconcilable loyalties in a place where you come from seems to count more than what you do or whom you cherish. I just gotta read it. I just gotta read it. Get it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get it from Blackwell's. So my next one I have on pre-order because it's so beautiful and I follow this person on TikTok and I just think it's so quirky that they have a master's in like folklore, but it's um, <laughs> this book so uh, by Piper CJ. Uh, she's adorable too. Um, it's called The Night and It's Moon. It's out September 20th and it's a fantasy romance that it's either going to slap or bomb because it's TikTok, but uh it's apparently newly revised and edited so i think it's getting picked up because of tiktok so it's probably been out there for a bit but two orphans grow into powerful young women as they face countries countless threats to find their way back to each other farley is just an orphan at least that's what the church would have people believe but beautiful orphans Knox and fate touched amorous no better they are commodities for sale available for purchase by the highest bidder so when the madam of a notorious brothel in a far-off city offers a king's ransom to purchase Amaris, Knox uh, ends up taking her place while Amaris is drawn away to the mountains, home of mysterious, of mysterious assassins. Even as they take up new lives and identities, Knox and Amaris never forget one thing. They will stop at nothing to reunite, but the threat of war looms overhead, and the two are inevitably swept into a conflict between human and fae, magic and mundane, with strange new alliances, untested powers, and a bond that neither time nor distance could possibly break. Fate of the realms lies in the hands of two orphans and the love they hold for each other. Okay, that sounds good, but also like, mm. <laughs> Like you say, we're gonna see. Could be wonderful or it could bomb. I hope it's wonderful. It Me sounds too. good though. It does sound good, right? And like I feel like so she does have this background in folklore and like which is essentially just like having a degree in 
the stories that we tell ourselves and have exactly ages, right? Like exactly, it's, it's got to be good. Like it's like at least like the research part of it, like the world, but like I, if you can write, it should be I pretty thorough. It should be pretty thorough. It should be pretty yeah. good. It should be like immersive in some way. Like yeah. Sorry, the dogs are like running around. I can hear them. I'm like I hear their I hear their little <laughs> collars. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, it's editing okay. Naomi. You know how when you're on Goodreads looking at a book and then like in the top right hair corner no. they're like recommended. God damn it, Alyssa. I don't <laughs> use Goodreads. <laughs> well, I still do every day of my life. Anyway, I was looking at one book and then up in the right hand corner, you know, it says like recommended books or whatever, or like other readers like these books. And I saw this book called The Sleeping Car Porter. And I was like, this is a very interesting cover. Very mm-hmm. interesting title. So I clicked on it. And it's The Sleeping Car Porter by Suzette, I think, Mayer. And it comes out from Coach House Books on October 4th. It's a very short book, 216 pages. And it says, when a mudslide strands a train, Baxter, a queer black sleeping car porter, must contend with the perils of white passengers, ghosts, and his secret love affair, the sleeping car porter brings to life an important part of black history in North America from the perspective of a queer man living in a culture that renders him invisible in two ways affecting imaginative and visceral enough that you'll feel the rocking of the train. The sleeping car porter is a stunning accomplishment. I've never heard of this uh, publisher nor this author, but I want to read this book. Um, And when I made a comment about it on coach house books, Instagram, they did message me and offer me um, a copy. So hopefully I'll, I'll get that, but I'm, I'm intrigued by the story. That is interesting. You'd have to let me know how that goes if you finally yeah. get it or if whenever you get your hands on it or yeah. you know, however you get it. Yeah. Um, I've seen this recently starting to make the rounds on Instagram uh, with people getting arcs finally of it and talking about it. But The Winners uh, by Frederick Bachman, it's the last book uh, of three for the Beartown trilogy. And we, you and I found... Be a third. Yeah, so you and I found, I know you don't like Bachman, but, and you DNF Beartown, but um, I, I, we did find Us Against Them while we were out uh, thrifting, you and I. So mm-hmm. I have to get on that so I can get on the winners. Um, but again, all my Bachmans are in paperback. So uh, yeah. Yeah, all my Bachmans are in paperback. So I'll have to wait till that paperback comes out so I have some time. But yeah, I'm excited for that to. And I know that people, some people don't like Beartown because it's kind of slow. But if you keep going on, it, you, I don't know. I think it's I think it's brilliant, and I think that slow pace is. I don't know. I liked it. I, mm-hmm. I really got into that town. But I like hockey and stuff, and like yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most people like that book. You're it's just very. I am. I, it is very, but you don't very like rare Bachman, if I hear. Period, I don't like Bachman, period. I, I don't like Bachman, period. But Beartown in particular, I feel like most people really, really love that book. It is very oh. rare when I hear someone say they don't like Beartown. Very rare. Yeah. It's, and you right. like like small town. Like, I don't know how you don't like Bachman, but you don't like Bachman. It's okay. I don't know. Okay. Bachman ain't for me, man. He ain't for me. All right, this we're next still one, friends. It's okay. We're, st- we're still friends. Listen, this next one I'm so excited about because it wasn't supposed to happen, but last year this author announced it's happening, and I was like, "Are you shitting me? What?" Okay, I think it was 
2019, I think. Let me double check that because I want to be right. Yes, it was 2019 when I was on the, I think it's the Library Reads website where the librarians give you their book recommendations for the next month. And on that list in 2019 was this book called Wanderers by Chuck Wendig. And when I read a little bit of the synopsis, I was like, that book's for me. I already know it. I ordered that bad boy. And I was like, I'm going to read this on the first day of fall. And that's exactly what I did. It was just, the whole vibe was perfect. I love that book. So then later on, Chuck Wendig announces there's going to be a sequel. I said, what? A sequel? We were not expecting this. The sequel is called Wayward. And it comes out, I think, in November. And uh, yes, November 15th. So excited. So let me read a little bit of it. Or, or should I not? Because it's a sequel. Maybe I shouldn't read the synopsis. I'm not going to read it because it's a sequel. It might ruin something from the first one. But if you are a Wanderers fan like myself, yay, we have a book two coming. If you've never read Wanderers, give it a read. It was such a wild, fun ride. But anyway, Wayward Wanderers number two comes out from Chuck Wendig from Delray Books, November 15th. Boom. There you have it. Um, so my next one, I think I've talked about before, and I may have done it in our last recommendations for front list, but we're doing it again. Um, and that is Leech by Huron Ennis. <gasps> and this is, thank you Tor.com for sending this to me. I do need to get to this. This comes out September 27th. I would like to get this. So like, you'll, you'll start to notice that a lot of these recommendations are very like fantasy, dark, sort of horror, mm -hmm. like that kind of vibe, because uh, that's what I want to read and follow. Like, I don't have as yeah. much, um, like, I want that speculative, dark, otherworldliness uh, in my life um, it, once it gets yeah. cold. That's what I want. So, For sure. um, so this is. Um, Okay, I'll read it to you. Meet the cure for the human disease in an isolated chateau as far north as north goes. The Baron's doctor has died. The doctor's replacement has a mystery, a mystery to solve, discovering his own institute lost track of one of its many bodies. For hundreds of years, the Interprovencial Medical Institute instituted institute has grown by taking root in young minds and shaping them into doctors replacing every human practitioner of medicine the institute is here to help humanity to cure and to cut to cradle and to protect the species from the apocalyptic horrors their ancestors unleashed in the frozen north the institute's body will discover a competitor for its rung at the top of the evolutionary ladder a parasite is spreading through the baron's castle already a dark pit of secrets lies violence and fear the two will make war on the battlefield of the body whichever wins humanity will lose again that just does sounds sound like good. dark that and gothic and good. just terrific yeah. and lovely <laughs> Yeah. I, listen, I'm ready for the fall too, because um, that's when I'm going to start my Southern Gothic literature journey. That's when I'm going to read a lot of my like mystery crime things. I'm going to start that, that, um, that urban she's ready. She's, series. She's ready for fall. She said she's ready for fall. I mean, just for, just for that, just for that, not for the weather, just for that. Yeah. Just for that, you know? So I'm excited. I'm excited. You heard it here first folks. Fall is fine. It's winter that I hate with a passion. Next on the list, first of all, I didn't even know this was coming. I was like randomly on the Barnes Noble website one day and they were promoting this book. And I was like, what? And 
It is Gleanings, Stories from the Ark of a Scythe. And this is book 3.5 in the Ark of a Scythe series by Nair Schusterman. If you all have never read the Ark of the Scythe trilogy, let me tell you right now, you need to get on it. That is a series where each book gets better and better and better. It was amazing. We did a big old group buddy read for that trilogy. First of all, it was so fun doing that. We had the best time. And those books are incredible. And I did not know that there was going to be another one. So this comes uh, out. This is also on my list. It's on your list too? Is this our first duplicate? It's our second so duplicate. This, mother thing. Oh, we also had mother oh, right, thing. That's right. So this comes out November 8th from Simon & Schuster. And I'll just read a little bit. Um, oh, also there's going to be a, um, a really beautiful Barnes & Noble exclusive edition. It's really nice. No, um, I'm going to need it. Yeah, I'm going to need it too. So I'll just read a little bit. It says, okay. Um, okay, the storyline continues. Order stories are revealed and new scythes emerge. There are still countless tales of the scythe to tell. Centuries pass between the Thunderhead cradling humanity and Scythe Goodard trying to turn it upside down. For years, human lived in a, humans lived in a world without hunger, disease, or death with scythes as a living instruments of population control. Um, the way they have this is really written crazily. It says, Gleanings shows just how expansive, terrifying, and thrilling the world that began with the prince... Never mind, that's written stupidly. Anyway, read it. If you've read the Ark of the Scythe trilogy, get this book. Again, if you've never read Ark of the Scythe Trilogy, we highly, highly recommend. It's fantastic. Fantastic. It's really good. And I just pulled up the Barnes & Noble Special Edition. So you I see can it? Order it's pretty, it right? Point. It's pretty. I, I'll order it at some point. Yeah. Um, but I still think the book, what's the second one? Thunderhead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the toll is the last one. Uh, yeah. Thunderhead's still my favorite. I feel like this, that book and um, Illuminae, the year that we read both of those things yeah. taught me or gave or showed me my love for sentient AI and how mm-hmm. much I just love, I just, I just love a sentient AI. Like, and then yeah. I know you didn't like it, but to, uh, to sleep in a sea of stars, um, that, that's, that AI is just like snarky and fi- I, yeah. I, I, I love a good AI. I just, I just do. It is like a thing. If you get me a good AI in a sci-fi or like mm-hmm. in a fantasy, whatever, speculative fiction, I will, I will automatically love that book because I just find, ah, I don't know. I love it. Anyway. Yeah. I want to, I, road I, I wish I could, could, you know how some people reread on a regular basis. I wish that I could figure out how to do that. Like I would love to read the Illuminae files again. I would love to read the Ark of Scythe trilogy again. You know what I mean? It's so hard though. Cause it's like time feels mm-hmm. so limiting anyway. I reread things. So I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, give her her so pizza, get her out of here. It's downstairs. So the last time, so do you remember? So we read last night at the telegraph club. Yes. And when we read last night at Telegraph Club, one of the things we said is, I really want to know what happens with Lily and Kath after yes. the end of the story. So now we get to know. So in, on October 4th, uh, A Scatter of Light by Melinda Lowe is coming out. And it is um, 
So she returns to the Bay Area with another masterful coming-of-age story, this time set against the backdrop of the first major Supreme Court decisions legalizing gay marriage. And almost 60 years after the end of last night's Telegraph Club, Lowe's new novel also offers a glimpse into Lily and Kath's lives since 1955. So it's not like... It's not like their continued story, but we get to see them again. We get to see what happens with them. And I'm excited and I hope that this book also makes me hungry because that's the other random thing that like if your book has a lot of food and makes me hungry, like I will love it. So this makes me so it, it makes me so happy. Oh my gosh. This was uh, last night at the Telegraph Club was one of our 2021 TBR Lowdown book club picks and it was such a great read. Mm-hmm. Oh I my God. Those scenes where her mother is screaming at her. Mm-hmm. Oh. So heartbreaking. Yeah. Such a good book. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. This next one I'm very excited about because I did not know it was coming. And it is Rust in the Root by Justina Ireland, the author who wrote the Dread Nation duology. And this is out from Baltzer and Bray on September 20th. And it says... Um, this is a spellbound historical fantasy set at the crossroads of race and power in America. It is 1937 and Laura Ann Langston lives in an America divided between those who work the mystical arts and those who do not. Ever since the Great Rust, a catastrophic event that blighted the arcane force called the dynamism and threw America into disarray, the country has been rebuilding for a better future. And everyone knows a future is industry and technology, otherwise known as mecha mechomancy Oof, these words not the traditional mm-hmm. mystical arts laura disagrees a talented young mage from pennsylvania laura hopped a portal to new york city on her 17th birthday with hopes of earning her mage's license and becoming something more than a root worker i'm here for it give me whatever justina i'm i'm here for it i, I still ha- i need to reread dread nation and then read the second one because i never read the second one. Ooh. Because I didn't I have like it. To- I didn't have Deathly Divide. And then I found it. Remember, I found an arc at the library book sale that I random mm-hmm. one I went to around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to do a reread of that. So I like can capacitate. So and speaking of rereads, that's something you do. You reread books in series. I you do. just don't reread books just in general. So like if the toll Every was now coming out now, you would have reread the first two books. Mm-hmm. More, more than likely you would. I mean, I'm probably going to reread the trilogy before the gleanings. gleanings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To refresh my memory. I feel like I wanted Jesus to read that. I feel like I thought he would like that. Or maybe he yeah. picked it up. Because you know, he likes to peruse my shelves and be like, oh, that sounds good. I'm like, you pick that up every right. time. Just read it. Anyway. Uh, so I also have another one coming out from tour.com. Shocker. Uh, Self-Portrait with Nothing by Amy Popwatka. Pokwatka, I think is, I, I I'm probably wrong. And that's 1018, which is the day after my birthday. If a picture paints a thousand words, yeah, the cover is stunning. Uh, abandoned, abandoned as an infant on the local veterinarian's front porch, Pepper Rafferty was raised by two loving mothers and now at 36 is married to the stable supportive Ike. Um, she's never told anyone that at 15, she discovered the identity of her biological mother. That's because her birth mother is, Ula Frost, a reclusive painter famous for the outrageous claims that her portraits summon their subjects doppelgangers from parallel universes. Researching 
the rumors, Pepper couldn't help but wonder, is there a parallel universe in which she is more confident, more accomplished, better able to accept love? A universe in which Ula decided she was worth keeping? A universe in which Ula reje- Ula, Ula's rejection didn't still hurt too much to share? Combining a thrilling pan-continental race against time with an authentic and touching personal do- mm. drama, Self-Portrait with Nothing is an unforgettable debut that explores what it means to be part of a family. We love a good family. We love a good family. That sounds good. It does, right? And I like that, Mm. like, Tours doesn't just do, like, the teeny tiny. Tour.com is giving you some slightly longer novellas and stuff now. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't the teeny, teeny, tiny thing we normally see. Yeah. And when does it come out again? Uh, October 18th. Okay. The day after my birthday. Yay! That sounds really good. Okay, my next one is called A Minor Chorus by Billy Ray Billcourt. And this is out from Hamish Hamilton on September 13th. And it says, an unnamed narrator abandons his unfinished thesis and returns to northern Alberta in search of what eludes him. The shape of the novel he yearns to write, an autobiography of his rural hometown, the answers to existential questions about family, love, and happiness. What ensues is a series of conversations, connections, and disconnections that reveals the texture of life in a town literature has left unexplored, where the friction between possibility and constraint provides an insist insistent background score whether he's meeting with an auntie distraught over the imprisonment of her grandson engaging in rest gossip with his cousin at a powwow or lingering in bed with a married man after a hotel room hookup the narrator makes space for those in his orbit to divulge their private joys and miseries testing the theory that storytelling can make us all feel less lonely i have to read this (laughs) this sounds really interesting it really does saucy like Saucy illicit affairs happening too. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be really deep and engaging. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, next up, I have uh, the last two I have are actually all from Tor. So from Tor Teen, I have The Luminaries, which is a new series by from Susan Denard, who did uh, The Truth Witch and this oh, other yeah, yeah. series, like A Strange and Deadly De- Something or Other, Strange and Lovely. I don't know. She's got mm-hmm. another trilogy that I, I need to finish the last book in. Um, that one's kind of fun. I think you'd like that one. It's kind of like Sherlockian Victorian fantasy murder mystery thing. Um, you had me at Sherlockian. Uh, but yeah, so I honestly, like, I just really, I'm always intrigued. I need to restart the Truth Witch and get more focused on it because I think we started reading I that series. I traded them all in. I know you did. Um, I need to re refocus on that to see because like i was into it and then like i think i was just i don't think i was paying any attention to it but i I, she doesn't trade me i don't dislike what she writes so um this does sound good so hemlock falls isn't like other towns you won't find it on a map your phone won't work here and the forest outside town might just kill you only the luminaries a society of agent guardians stand between humanity and the nightmares of the forest that rise each night Winnie Wednesday, an exile from the Luminaries, is determined to restore her family's good name by taking the deadly hunter trials on her 16th birthday. But when she turns to her ex-best friend, Jay Friday, for help, they discover a danger lurking in the forest no one in Hemlock Falls is prepared for. Not all monsters can be slain. Not all nightmares are confined to the dark. It sounds a little different than... Yeah, and it sounds different than the other things that she's written. Um, Yeah. So... It's a little bit like witchier, a little darker feeling. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm excited to see what this one's like. 
hunt yeah. or be hunted. Choose wisely. And, you know, so Tortine. I love it. Uh, November 1st. Okay. Mm-hmm. This next one I think is going to be really fun. It's called Such Sharp Teeth, a werewolf novel by Rachel Harrison. And Somebody just out- told me that today. On, I, I, really? I put a little thing out. They were like, I was like, so what are you anticipating for fall? And somebody just told me that. On the oh Instagram. my goodness. Like, it's never so heard good, of right? this. It sounds so fun. Yeah. So it's out. It's coming out from Berkeley Books on October 4th. And it says, a young woman in need of a transformation finds herself in touch with the animal inside this gripping, incisive novel from the author of Cackle and the Return, which I almost read. Rory Morris isn't thrilled to be moving back to her hometown, even if it is temporary. There are bad memories there. But her twin sister Scarlett is pregnant, estranged from the baby's father, and needs support. So Rory returns to the place she thought she put in her rear view. After a night out at a bar where she runs into an old, almost flame, she gets hit. She hits a large animal with her car, and when she gets out to investigate, she's attacked. Rory survives, miraculously, but life begins to look and feel different. She's unnaturally strong with an aversion of silver, and suddenly the moon has her in its thrall. I, it just sounds like it's going to just be a good old time. Just give me a good old werewolf novel. I'm here for it. I want it. Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison. I want it. It does. It does sound really good. Um my last one. Does, do you have one more? I have two more. How do you have two more? You said 12. Oh, because you took two have, off my list. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, I can I have at least one more I can pull out of my butt okay. here. But um, so not out of my butt and on my list is uh, uh, so last year I read A Marvelous Light, right? And that mm-hmm. by Freya Marsk. And that book, I I love it. I love it so much. Robin and Edwin are just, I love them so much. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, I, I loved it. Um, now we're going to get A Ruthless Truth, which is the second in the series. And this time we get to follow Robin's sister, Maud. So <clears throat> magic, murder, shipboard, romance. Maud Blythe has always longed for adventure. <clears throat> I'm sorry uh, about my voice. She expected plenty of it when she volunteered to serve as an old lady's companion on an ocean liner in order to help her beloved older brother un- unravel a magical conspiracy that began generations ago. What she didn't expect was for the old lady in question to turn up dead on the first day of the voyage. Now she has to deal with a dead body, a disrespectful parrot, the lovely, dangerously outrageous Violet Den- De- 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 Debenham? Debenham, who's also returning home to England. Violet is everything that Maud <clears throat> has been trained to distrust, yet can't help but desire a magician, an actress, and a magnet of scandal. Surrounded by the open ocean and a ship full of suspects, Maud and Violet must first drop the masks they both learn to wear before they can unmask a murderer and somehow get their hands on a magical object worth killing for without ending up dead in the waters themselves. It just sounds fun and like i mean now the ladies get a chance to have some love and i'm like yeah give it to me give me a little like fun magical mystery romp on this high seas lesbian mystery romp so that's book two right that's book two so i'm thinking i'm going to request in my library order that and then when it comes in i'll read book one because you sent me book one and then i already have book two from the that's what i think i'm going to do request the library to get it I will say mm-hmm. I do have an e arc of book two, and I tried to get a physical arc, and Tor was like, 
oh yeah, no, we're keeping those on lockdown. And I'm like, oh, but really? But like, but like, I love them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so I'll, I'll actually from request that this listening, I know that there are. I know there are. She just copies. wants one. I just she want one. Like I saw. I saw them. Um. Okay. All right. I guess. Um, I guess give me a minute to try to find my other two. I have two more okay. for you. They're both um sort of not sequels, but like second one sequel, one's a second book. Okay. Uh, so uh, my next one is called Jackal by Aaron E. Adams, and this is out from Bantam on October fourth. And it says a young black girl goes missing in the woods outside her white Rust Belt town, but she's not the first and she may not be the last. It's watching. Liz Roker is coming home reluctantly as a black woman. Liz doesn't exactly have fond memories of Jonestown, Pennsylvania, a predominantly white town, but her best friend is getting married. So she braces herself for a weekend of awkward and passive aggressive reunions. Liz has grown though. She can handle whatever awaits her, but on the day of the wedding, somewhere between dancing and dessert, the bride's daughter, Caroline goes missing. And the only thing left behind is a piece of white fabric covered in blood. It's taking. As a frantic search begins with the police combining, combing the trees for Caroline, Liz, Liz is the only one who notices a pattern, a summer night, a missing girl, a party in the woods. She's seen this before. Keisha Woodson, the only other black girl in school, walked into the woods with a mysterious man and was later found with her chest cavity ripped open and her heart missing. Yes, give it to me. I want it. <laughs> that is Jackal by Aaron E. Adams. Again, an author I've never heard of. Is this a debut? I think it's a debut. She's a first-generation Haitian-American writer and theater artist. Oh, so I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, okay. So the next one, let me pull it up here because now I have to do this off of Amazon. So hold on. So I have, um, so... Was it like year last year or two years ago? Um, Winter's Orbit came out by Everina Maxwell, and I really I like that. And it gives me sort of um, Strange and Stubborn Endurance gives me some of vibes of Winter's Orbit in terms of the love, like the romance piece of it. Uh, I think the dynamic between the characters is similar, though. I think the one character in Winter's Orbit was a little whinier than the ones in Strange and Stubborn Endurance, but that's whatever um so there's a second book that's coming out and it's it's a, they're both standalones winter's orbit and this next one oceans echo but they mm-hmm. are sort of in the same universe so okay this is a standalone space adventure about a bond that will change the face of the world set in the same universe as winter's orbit rich socialite introvert flirt and walking disaster tenelin Cochlan, something i can't fantasy names can read minds Tenelin, like all neuromodified readers, is a security threat of his own. But when controlled, readers are a rare asset. Not only can they read minds, but they can navigate chaotic space, the maelstrom surrounding the gateway to the wider universe. Conscripted into the army under dubious circumstances, Tenal is placed into the care of Lieutenant Seratyani, a duty-bound soldier 
um, principled leader and the son of a notorious traitor general, whereas Tanal can read minds so it can influence them. Like all other neuromodified architects, he can impose his will onto others and he's under orders to control Tanal by merging their minds. Uh, Hmm. And I'm going to leave it there. But it it sounds really, really good. It's out November 1st. I really want to read it. I really did like Winter's Orbit. It's a little slow, um, but I I liked it. I I didn't hate that it was slow. Um, I didn't hear um, great things about it. And I, I... I wasn't really sure. Sh- I, I just feel like it didn't get on with a lot of people. And at the same time, it didn't feel like a book that really gained any popularity of any sort. Like I heard very I, few people talking about A Winter's Orbit. I feel like certain people really liked it. And um, I think it's kind of like, not that they're the same, but I feel like if you liked Gideon the Ninth, you probably mm-hmm. also liked Winter's Orbit because they're mm. both kind of like, tedious in some way but i mm-hmm. enjoyed the tedium and mm-hmm. i enjoyed the relationship between our two main characters and i kind of liked this like i liked the space setting i liked what was happening i, I think i just i i enjoyed it so um i, I know it's not for everybody but i, I did enjoy it. yeah yeah so. all right anyway see so i have one more I, I i pulled it up okay uh well my last one is a duology um mm-hmm. it is so exciting. This is a duology coming out from Cormac McCarthy, whom I adore. Okay. <laughs> it's the Passenger duology. Um, so the first book, The Passenger, comes out October 25th. And the second book, Stella Maris, comes out November 22nd. Um, and this is coming out from Kanoff. Um, and so for The Passenger, it says 1980, um, past Christian, Mississippi. It is three in the morning when Bobby Western zips the jacket of his wetsuit and plunges from the boat deck into darkness. Um, His dive light illuminates the sunken jet. Nine bodies still buckled in their seats, hair floating, eyes devoid of speculation. Missing from the crash site are the pilot's flight bag, the plane's black box, and the 10th passenger. But how? I'll stop there. And then the second book, Stella Mars says 1972 black river falls wisconsin alicia western 20 years old with forty thousand dollars in a plastic bag admits herself to the hospital a doctoral candidate in mathematics at the university of chicago alicia has been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia and she does not want to talk about her brother bobby instead she contemplates the nature of madness the human insistence on one common experience of the world she recalls a childhood where by the age of seven her own grandmother feared for her she surveys the intersection of physics and philosophy and she introduces her cohorts her chimeras the, the hallucinations that only she can see all the while, she grieves for Bobby, not quite dead, not quite hers. I'm just here for Ooh. it. It's Cormac McCarthy. I can't wait to get it. I, s- I, was I not- still need to try Cormac McCarthy. I have the road down here. I got it because I, I unhauled it years ago and then I got it recently because of you. So uh, I'll get there eventually. That's your last one. All right. I got one last one. This is also one that I attempted to get an arc for. And they were like, no. And I said, what? Like, in my head, I said, I didn't say it to them. I was like, but I want. Um, so uh, last year, uh, the book, All of Us Villains came out. This is the second and final book in the duology, All of Our Demise. And it's written by Amanda Foody and Christine Lynn Herman. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like a magical Hunger Games Um so this is the epic conclusion, and I think I'm going to pull up the first one and give you guys that uh, summary. So I don't spoil anything since it's, it's since it's the second. 
This is a dark tale of ambition and magic. You fell in love with the victors of the Hunger Games. Now prepare to meet the villains of the Blood Veil. The Blood Moon rises, the Blood Veil falls, the tournament begins. Every generation at the coming of the Blood Moon, seven families in the remote city of Ilvernath, each name a champion to complete a tournament to the death. The prize, exclusive control over a secret wellspring of high magic, the most powerful resource in the world. One thought, long depleted. Uh, But this year of scandal... But... This year, a scandalous tell-all book has exposed the tournament and thrusts the seven new champions into the worldwide spotlight. The book also granted them valuable information previous champions have never had. Insight into the other family's strategies, secrets, and weaknesses, and most important, it gave them a choice, accept their fate or rewrite their legacy. Either way, this is a story that must be penned in blood. So it's really interesting because they are fighting and they're doing all these things all like the Hunger Games, but it's like this whole thing used to be secret and now it's not. There's there's like different families that have kind of always won. There's champions that get picked that shouldn't have been picked. Like it is, it, it, you have people making alliances and not making alliances and breaking things. Well, anyway, so it's really good. I don't know where we are on it, but I'm excited for the finale of all of us villains. Naomi's going to have a heart attack now because the internet was weird. Yeah, I, I guess we'll, we're going to end the show. We're going to roll into our, um, our recommendations. Um, I'm going to recommend a book that I finished a few weeks ago called The Rabbit Hutch by Tess Gunty. And this is coming out from Kanaf on, I believe, August 2nd. So it'll definitely be out by the time this episode airs. And I really, I really love this book. Um, and it's a debut novel. So it says, Vacaville, <clears throat> Indiana, is a town left behind. Its residents feel lonely, stuck, a few desperate to start over. In a housing complex known as the Rabbit Hutch, a group of teenagers who have aged out of the state foster care system live together. Three teenage boys and one girl, Blandine. Beautiful and unnervingly bright, Blandine is plagued by her past, by the structures, people, and places that not only failed her, but actively harmed her. Now, all the Blandine wants is an escape, a true bodily escape, like the mystics describe in the books she reads. Set across a week and culminating in an act of violence, the Rabbit Hutch chronicles a town on the brink, desperate for rebirth. So, we're following the residents um, of the Rabbit Hutch, and it is such... um, how I feel about it. It is such an intense book. It is a town that, like it says, has been left behind. It was once thriving. It is no longer thriving. And the people here just want to have a good life. There's just one scene in particular where Blandine is kind of describing what the town used to be like, what it used to feel like, what it used to look like compared to like now. And it is such a heartbreaking um few pages because it goes on for like two or three pages you know because you like you really understand how dry this town has become and it's it feels so desperate and it and you feel the great loss of a town that was once so vibrant and so great um and then there's always like that looming big corporation who wants to come in and like regenerate the town so there's that threat there because that's not that's not always for good right and Mm -hmm. so I really was, I could not wait to get back to this book. Every time I was away from it, I couldn't wait to get back to it. I highly recommend The Rabbit Hutch. And this is a debut novel. And I say, well done. Well done. There's a lot of little towns like that around America that are like Mm -hmm. sort of forgotten little places that used to be happening. And now they're kind of left behind as things And the people still want more, you know? And they deserve more. People people get attached to their towns. Like everybody doesn't Mm want to leave. Like... 
So anyway, so exactly. uh, my I'll try to make this quick in case we have all kinds of issues also, um, you know. Uh, but uh, if you liked, speaking of Bachman, if you liked A Man Called Oove, Oove, Oover, whatever the fuck his name is, um, All the Lonely People by Mike mm. Gale, which I also sent to you. Uh, yes. And he has he is also a greyhound dad and as a greyhound mom, oh. I have I have a soft spot. But so this is similar in terms of like grumpy old man is alone. Grumpy old man makes friends with less grumpy human. Grumpy old man learns to be less grumpy. Like that general <laughs> storyline. Yeah, uh, but it's really good. Um, you're not so alone in being lonely. In weekly phone calls to his daughter in Australia, widower Hubert Bird paints a picture of the perfect retirement in London packed with fun, friendship, and fulfillment. But it's a lie. In reality, Hubert's days are all the same, dragging on without him seeing a single soul until his daughter says she's coming for a visit. It's good news that turns out to be the worst news ever, news that will force Mm. him out again into the world that had made him suffer for being a black immigrant from Jamaica. The same world he has long since turned his back on. Now Hubert faces a seemingly impossible task to make his real life resemble the fake life before the truth comes out. By turns of funny and moving meditation on love, race, old age, and friendship, all the lonely people is an uplifting reminder of the power of ordinary people to make an extraordinary difference. And I, if I'm remembering correctly, there's a few like little twists and caveats to ha- uh, things that turns that this book takes near the mm-hmm. end that really like kind of throw you for a loop. But overall, it's like very heartwarming and wonderful and will wow. just make you happy. I'm fairly certain I cried. And um, yeah, <laughs> so if you like that like kind of story arc, if you like those kinds of of heartwarming kind of stories, um, yeah. Had this one to the list. I really like that one. And Grand Central sent me that. So thank you to Grand Central. I think that they actually sent me two, which is why you got one. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, and I had pizza. Um, Most important well, part of this is that I had pizza. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now I'm officially worn out from all the tech troubles we've had today. Uh, this has been, what do you think? A the most challenging recording day we've ever had. I mean, mm-hmm. We've had some other challenges, but but this was pretty heavy. Like I mean, we I'm still checking to see if we at noon. Yeah, it's eight o'clock in the evening now, and we did not yeah. record for eight hours. It's just been no. like one problem after another. And again, like I'm checking the dashboard. Okay, my file is done. It looks like it recorded. Now you're just still processing. Look, I just don't want to lose this episode. Look, podcasters out there, I'm sure you know exactly what this feels like when there's a potential episode that you recorded and it could be lost. (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's Everything's on fire. I hope that we gave you some um, good upcoming releases that sound Mm -hmm. wonderful to you. If any of these are also on your radar, let us know. If they're not, but you think you may want to read them, also let us know. I am psyched for all. What did we not talk about that you're excited to read? Because there's so many books out there. You can't possibly see them all to know what's coming out next. And also uh, check out ourbookshop.org. There will be a a little list of everything recommended over there. And if you're listening from Tor and you have arcs of um, (laughs) the two books I really wanted, I would love one. Thanks. Okay, and I just checked and the episode is processed, so we did not lose it. Thank Woo-hoo! you. 
Excellent. Woo! That we can, a- I can, I can release Jesus from his veil of silence, and he can live his life. I almost shat my pants on that one. All right. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Jesus a gift. Anyway, thank you. Yes, we do. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <sighs> Fuck, that was stressful. That was a lot. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcast and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at tbrlowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time. Thank you.